I'm Becca. I'm a freshman and I am from New York City. My name is Daniel. I'm a lower and I'm zooming in from Florida. Um, I'm Jaden. I'm also a freshman and I'm also zooming in from New York City. And our guest today is Mr. Zaheen Ahmed. Mr. Ahmed has a bachelor's degree in neuroscience from NYU and he currently works as a, as a teaching fellow at our school, Phillips Academy. Here he teaches biology and works with CAMDI, the Community and Multicultural Development Office. Thanks so much for joining us, Mr. Ahmed. So just to kind of like uh, kick off the episode, I'll just uh, give a, an introduction to what we're going to talk about today. Um, so today we want to talk about mental health in teenagers. Um, as everyone knows, it's a really concerning problem that affects nearly everyone, especially people in their teenage years. And so we just want to get your view on various topics and uh, and questions in addition to like strategies and the science behind everything. And just to add on to that, we also want to talk about like specifically how it's how the how mental health has been affected by uh, the pandemic and the lockdown and all the that the stresses of online school and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so I'll just dive in. So the first uh, question is based on what you know and what you've experienced, how common is depression and anxiety? And I asked that question, not because I haven't seen the statistics, but because the words of someone who has a degree in neuroscience and interacts with students on a daily basis is, they're very valuable. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think it is very common. I think honestly, like I, I have like worked with a lot of students, both like at the high school level and at the college level. And I think it's something that we oftentimes may not know we deal with. Um, I think especially um, if it's not something that's talked about a lot in when you're, when you're younger, something that's, that's really made aware to you that this is something that a lot of people do deal with, um, that it's something you may not even know is affecting you. And if we don't necessarily know the, um, if we don't know how to recognize that in ourselves, and also if we don't know how to um, understand proper coping mechanisms, I think that can be harmful. Yeah. Yeah. There's something that I've noticed is like, that that topic often seems like super taboo and stuff and like, sort of like destigmatizing it. um, It feels like something that would be like super important to start like talking about it and start recognizing it so that we can deal with it um yeah yeah definitely i think i think that's so important um like i like i think it's important to to be able to talk about it and you know with with your friends and and with people who you trust being able to like have these conversations and, and be honest with them and be vulnerable with them is important um so yeah i completely agree with that becca um would you say that the COVID lockdown has exacerbated the rates and severity of mental health problems in teenagers? I would think so. I, I don't know much about like statistically whether that's happened, but I'm, I feel like just in terms of everything we're seeing, I think definitely like I would have expected that because I think, you know, teenage years are times when you're really sort of developing this desire for independence. I think we all have have felt that when we, you know, hit like 14 years old, like we want to do things on our own and, and feel independent. And so now when we're, you know, sort of stuck at home and, and, and lack this ability to have that sort of freedom for ourselves, um, especially in, in teenage years, I think it can be very difficult to deal with that. And it can cause a lot of, um, 
you know, stress on, on ourselves. I was, I was at home for like six months. So, uh, I definitely know how it feels and I would definitely have expected, um, yeah, I would have expected to see some sort of increase. Yeah. Just, just kind of like building off on that question. So would you say that the isolation aspect of the COVID lockdown has been the most detrimental part to teenagers? I think definitely like isolate the isolation aspect is yeah, because I think like there's so many aspects that sort of stem from that. So like one is this independence thing, like, um, you know, you're trying to sort of figure out who you are, you're trying to like find that freedom. And when you're, when you're sort of isolated at home, it's hard to do that. In addition to that, in addition to finding your own identity, I think um, during adolescence is a, is a time when you're connecting with others a lot. You're making friendships, you're meeting new people, you're, you're figuring out who you sort of connect well with. Um, and that's another aspect that's being sort of hindered because most of our, you know, face-to-face interactions are through Zoom or with a mask on while we're like six feet apart. And then I think also just there's, there's a big piece of adolescence that stems from like, you know, being in a classroom and being with your teachers and, and building those relationships too. And so I think being isolated from like your school environment is another piece of that. So I think, yeah, definitely isolation and all of the like offshoots that come from that are definitely causing a lot of issues. Right. Yeah. I can say like, at least anecdotally anyway, like my experience starting a new school with this sort of social isolation in place has definitely made interacting with people more difficult. Um, So I, I totally agree with what you're saying about, it's like being, being hard to like form connections over Zoom and how important that is, especially to teenagers. Yeah. Um, I guess as a next question, are there any common sort of struggles that you see or like that you maybe wouldn't have expected that you just like happen to notice from working with students a lot? Common, I mean, one thing that I can talk about that I didn't expect to be an issue was like, I used to use like the desk in my bedroom um, as like where I would like teach from and where I would do all my meetings from. And I just feel like that was very difficult um, because it's sort of like the place, the space that you're living in and the space that you're like really doing everything in. And now it's also the space that you're working in. Um, And I think that was a struggle that I faced because it was just hard. I feel like in college, I was used to sort of separating those two parts of my life like where I would like spend time studying in the library or spend time studying in like my, in one of the like study rooms in my dorm. Um, whereas now it's, it's sort of like everything happens in one space. Like I, I eat in one place, I eat in the same place that I study, that I sleep, that I like, uh, like knit, like it's like everything is happening in one area. And it was just hard to, you know, like deal with not having that separation. Um, and it's something that like I'm still trying to figure out. Like I've, I'm, I now like teach classes from the living room, but still like it's, it's still like in this space that I'm living in. Um, and so it, it's hard. That's I think that's been difficult, and I definitely feel like that's difficult for my students too. Like sometimes I see them, um, like in I, like you see their backgrounds change sometimes. <laughs> so like I can tell that like they want to like you know go to different places and like be in different spaces because I'm sure that being in the same place every time and whether that be in your bedroom or somewhere else can be hard. Um, so I think that's something that 
when the pandemic first hit, I wasn't even thinking about, um, but it has been really impactful and, and been important for me to have that sort of variation. Yeah, I've heard like a lot of people like and advice saying sort of like, oh, try and like separate your separate your space, try and have like different places for work and different places for like recreation and sleep and try to make sure you keep that all separate, especially in lockdown, because it helps you sort of focus on each one. And I like read there's there is some like interesting like psychology behind that. Um, but it's definitely like an unforeseen issue like you kind of just like take for granted the different spaces that you have and how they help you like accomplish different mm -hmm. things um to kind of shift it back to um like the focus on depression anxiety what are some like symptoms of depression anxiety in teenagers that they could um indicate to a loved one or teacher that like a teenager is going through a rough period yeah, so I think that that's a really good question because it's important for us to, it's important for us to know um, what to look for um, and also just not what to look for in like others, but also in ourselves. So I think like one thing that I've definitely like experienced is just, um, especially after spending so much time at home, um, I think just like if you notice that you're being like getting like more annoyed over like smaller things or more irritable just in general. I think that's one thing um, where like, you know, maybe you had a bad day, but maybe it's something deeper than that. Um, and then like in terms of like other things to look for, I think like maybe just thinking about what you're feeling like. So for example, if you're feeling like you um, are not getting enough sleep and, and just like are always awake and are having trouble falling asleep or on the flip side of that, you're sleeping too much and you're having trouble getting out of bed. Um, I think that's another thing, like noticing any um, strange or unusual patterns in your sleep is, a, is another thing to look for. Um, also just like if, um, I think this is something where if you might see this in your friends, like if you, I think obviously it is, it is harder to reach out now and, and like have these connections. But if you see that like someone who you used to talk to a lot is maybe not reaching out just like all of a sudden that might be, maybe they're just taking some time for themselves, but also it might be um, something where, it might be something deeper where you might wanna reach out to them and ask them if they're okay. Um, because sometimes, you know, when, when we're dealing with these, when we're dealing with like depression or anxiety, um, some responses might be to just like stay within yourself and, and try to focus on that yourself. And like, that can be good, but also I think sometimes it, it's helpful when a friend reaches out, when they, when they see that you're not, um, you know, like talking as much or, or, or hanging out with your friends. I think just like one more thing is, is if you, if you or your friends aren't finding joy in the things that you used to find joy in, that's another thing where maybe there, there is something deeper going on. Um, and again, these are just like, it's, it's not the same for everyone. So I think everyone, when they are feeling um, symptoms of, you know, depression or anxiety, they might, it, it can present in different ways. And I think that's something that's really important to keep in mind is just that um, it's not going to be something that looks the same in everyone. So these are things that um, we might want to look for, but um, it's not just, it's not a complete list. Yeah. So I, I just like, like you mentioned things such as like sleeping irregularities and, um, and not reaching out like isolation in general. And um, 
it, it just like really sucks because during this time when depression and anxiety are so high, depression and anxiety rates are so high, especially for teenagers, we happen to be on virtual. So like it, like whether that's a consequence of being on virtual, like it doesn't, like it may not be clear, but it, but what is clear is that virtual makes it harder to reach out to people and does like exacerbate those problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the hardest parts about this pandemic is is sort of finding the right balance between um, understanding like what's physically safe to do um, and what we can what we can do to. Um, like how, how much, how, to what extent we can connect with other people while maintaining that physical safety is just something that's so difficult. And I know that that itself is something that causes anxiety for a lot of people, just, just not knowing to what extent you should be, you know, you, to what extent you should be hanging out with someone and like trying to find that right balance is something that's, that's very hard for a lot of people. And also going off of your point of like noticing the changes, I think that especially from experience, like being in lockdown, like I noticed myself change a lot, like especially being in a confined space with like your family and like living in the city, there's like not a lot of room. So like being in that space, like I noticed changes and like the way I would interact with my family because you guys were stuck in a space together. And I just think that it's like, it's so hard to notice like when those changes are like just normal well normal now due to like the isolation like whether or not those like normal things for people to be more standoffish or like whether they have like roots in like depression and anxiety and also like with your friends like I know a lot of people lost friendships during the lockdown and like people like weren't like talking to each other as much so it's hard to notice like when those are just like effects of what's going on right now effects of the lockdown or just more like rooted in maybe depression or anxiety. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point to bring up um, because, and I think I think it's, it's important because when we think about um, whether these are effects of the lockdown or not, um, I think even if they are effects of the lockdown, these are important things to be still thinking about. So I'm glad that you're, you're noticing, like when you see these changes in yourself, it's like important to notice them because oftentimes, even if they are effects of the lockdown, they can lead to potentially like longer term, um, like it can lead to even after like lockdown ends, maybe we'll still be um, dealing with this afterwards. Yeah, and one thing that I read about is like, was reading about is like how difficult the, the broader effect is to like study in a scientific way, not only due to like, how like subjective like accounts of like what's going on inside someone's head can be, but also just because of how unprecedented uh, this like situation is. So we're, we don't really know what the long-term effects are gonna be. And we, we, we have no way of knowing. And that's, I think a little bit off-putting for a lot of people. During this pandemic, like everyone's screen time has increased, particularly because we have nothing to do. So we're just on our phones, scrolling through social media, especially teenagers, because we're all social media addicts. And um, I, I was just, I was just wondering, do you think that using social media is a healthy coping mechanism, or does it do more harm than good? Because after all, social media is to connect people. If I'm on my phone, um, like using it, like to feel less isolated, I'm gonna 
try to make that an active decision where I'll, I will like call someone and talk to them, or I will like text someone and just like actually have a conversation with them. Because I feel like for me, um, being on social media has given me like that false sense of like feeling connected. And I think the problem with that is like on the surface, I don't feel isolated, but like inside you still have that feeling of isolation that persists. Um, and so something that I've really tried to do is just make sure that when, when I am like using my phone to connect with others, it is something where I'm, I'm really like interacting with someone um, more deeply, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I feel like this really ties into a larger discussion about whether or not social media in in social in socialization via Zoom, uh, like matches up to like interacting with people in person. And to be honest, I don't. I really don't think it does because I've been on virtual like this entire year, and not once have I felt as if I like I have friends, but like interacting with friends is something that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And also like finding that balance like we, we don't want we're trying to like limit our technology use as much as possible but and and how do we accomplish that when we're also trying to reach out to people as much as possible and I think like you said that's like making sure we're actually reaching out in meaningful ways is the key to achieving that sort of balance. Um, so I guess just transitioning to like strategies to like cope with all of this sort of stuff do you know any like strategies that are proven like scientifically proven to help or just strategies that you have found have helped people or strategies that you personally used yeah so i think one thing is it's easy for us now um to really not have a great sleep schedule <laughs> like i know some students like there's full days where you don't have classes um and one thing i would really recommend and emphasize is like, don't, don't like sleep until like 2 p.m. on those days. Um, like try to maintain a regular and healthy sleep schedule where you're getting like eight to nine hours a day. Um, even if, even if you don't have anything to do that day, like you can wake up at like 9 a.m. and like, you know, have like do something for yourself. It doesn't have to be school related. It can be something where you wake up early in the day and you have so much of that day to just relax or do whatever you want. Um, so like, I think the first thing is just making sure that you maintain a healthy sleep schedule, regardless of the way your actual class schedule is looking. Um, another thing I'd recommend is just exercise. Um, there's uh, a professor at NYU actually, who um, Dr. Wendy Suzuki, and her research is all about how exercise, like, you know, benefits our like cognitive ability, it's like it it not only is healthy like physically for our bodies but for our brains and so i think especially in times like these where um you know there's a lot of stress affecting all of us i think maintaining regular exercise is really important i would say um try to find time for yourself too um so i think when we're all at home or with our families, which is great. Like I, I was really happy to, to be able to spend time with my family, but I also think that it's important that we have time to ourselves. And so whether that be just like, you know, like reading a book or listening to a podcast, just times when you're with yourself or like if you have a hobby, like if you like drawing or painting or, or doing anything um, where you can just like be 
on your own, I think that's also important having that time to sort of like reflect and just like think about yourself and not have to um, like always be with someone else. Because I think um, that's also really important, especially for teenagers um, who, as I said before, like it's, it's, this is like a, a big time to sort of like find your independence and that freedom. So I think that's also a really big thing. Yeah, and I know we already kind of talked about this, about being in lockdown and noticing like the stages of whether it's an effect of lockdown or maybe that spiraled into um, actual depression, anxiety. So like once they reach that stage where somebody thinks that they might have, um, that it might've contributed to anxiety or depression, who are some people that they should reach out to? Yeah, so I think that's a really, that's a really, important uh, question to ask because I, so what I would do is I always like to reach out to friends um, and just to like, let them know how you're feeling because like your friends are people you trust, your friends are people who will be be there for you. Um, And so I would reach out to them just to, you know, have someone know what's going on um, if you feel comfortable. Um, I also think if you have um, a relationship where you feel like you can open up to your parents or your family members or anyone at home, that's another way in which I would reach out. Um, and also just like any trusted adults. I think for me, um, I, I was really lucky to have like a pediatrician growing up who I felt close with and who I felt like I could reach out to. And so that's someone who like, if you feel close with like, your pediatrician or your doctor or someone who, you know, has um, like is like has the understanding and the training to be able to like help you work through this, then I would reach out to them. Um, Also all your, like any trusted teachers, any trusted coaches or like mentors that you have, they're also someone who you can reach out to. Um, But I think at 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 the end of the day, anyone who you trust and feel like you can really open up to is who I would talk to. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for coming to like speak with us. It was honestly like we learned so much just from speaking to you today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much.